Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today, we are going to wrap up the book of Jude. That's right, we've gone through the book of Jude, and I always letter my broadcast so I can remember I have Jude A, B, C, D, and I've gone all the way up. This is going to be letter I, so we've done many, many studies in this 25-versed book, the book of Jude. Now, we've mentioned before, if you've missed any Bible studies, go to where you get your podcast, and you can find us there. Type in Striving for Revival, hit subscribe, then you have access to all the archived Bible studies that we've ever done. Every one of them can go back through and listen, re-listen, pause, rewind, whatever you need to do, but that way you don't miss anything as we go verse by verse through our Bibles together. Today we're going to read verse 20 down through verse 25. And we'll wrap up the book of Jude. Now, of course, we said earlier, Jude is the half-brother of the Lord, Jesus Christ. His mother is Mary, just like Christ. They have a different father, though. And Jude's father is... Joseph. Now, Jesus, we know, only begotten son of the Father, but he's the half-brother of the Lord. He is the brother of James, he says in verse number one. He's writing a general letter to those who are saved, sanctified, called, preserved, all these different things he mentions. Jude is writing to us, warning us of apostasy, how to watch for it, how to war against it, to be watching and ready for it when it comes, and we're to mark them and avoid them and not yoke up with them. We're to preserve, we're to battle, and can Contend for the faith. In verse 3, that is the theme of the epistle. He said, I want you to earnestly contend for the faith. He said, I want you to fight with some fervency. I want you to fight with some vigor. I want you to fight with some uh, ferocity if it takes it. I want you to fight. Be willing to stand up for Bible truth. Don't let anybody throw poison in that well. Don't let anybody muddy that water. Don't let anybody uh, alter that uh, which is given. You make sure you earnestly contend for the faith. And then he's going on to describe the apostate, what they do, how they do it, what their goal is, the mode of operation by which they work. He goes through the Bible and describes these apostate people. Now, he calls them sensual. He says they're wrapped up in the carnal. Everything they do, they emphasize the flesh. They emphasize psychiatry. They emphasize the mind. They say, take a pill for that. They, anything to take you off of depending upon the Holy Spirit of God, the grace of God, the Word of God, that's what they're all about. They're murmurers. They're complainers. They walk after their lust. They have great swelling speeches they give. They use harsh language. They deceive people. They speak evil of things they don't even know about. They're empty clouds. They have no water. They cannot bless. They cannot satisfy. They cannot strengthen. They cannot help. I mean, that's just what they are. They're spots, he said, on your feast of charity. They're like hazards under the surface of the sea that will shipwreck your life. They're a danger, and you got to watch that crowd. They're headed the same way as Korah. They're headed the same way as Cain. They're headed the same way as Balaam. They're headed the same way as Sodom. They're headed the same way as Lucifer himself, and judgment's coming. Enoch told us Many generations ago, seven generations after creation, the Lord's coming with ten thousands of his saints, with a myriad, a multitude of his saints, and he'll execute judgment upon that apostate 
crowd. Now, verse 20, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. He's saying there, make sure you strengthen your stand. You want to make sure that you fortify your principle. Make sure that you uh, solidify your position on Bible doctrine. Strengthen yourself. Build up yourselves on your most holy faith. He's talking about the Bible doctrine, that which you have received. Earnestly contend for the faith. Build up yourselves on your most holy faith. Now he says, praying in the Holy Ghost. He's talking about withstanding apostasy. How are you going to do that? You're going to have to have more than a casual knowledge of your book. You're going to have to have a strong knowledge of the Scripture. You're going to have to know the Bible. Most people that get sucked into error is because they aren't stuck in the Scripture. They get sucked into wrong because they don't stick to the precepts of the Bible. They're not reading the Scripture. They're not wallowing in the Word, as B.R. Lakin would say. They're not every day perusing the pages of the Word of God. You get to be a Bible student, not just an elementary student, but a scholar in the Scripture, and you won't have to worry so much about getting sucked into error because you'll have a good grasp of Bible truth. Every day, deposit Bible truth in your life. Every day, listen to a good, solid Bible preacher. Every day, do a Bible study. Get in the Word of God and learn what it says. Learn what it teaches. That way, you don't get, don't give absolute faith to a blogger. Don't give absolute faith to a tweet or a post or a, an article or a, or a radio broadcast, whatever it is. Make sure you know your Bible. That's where our faith is found and built and rested in the Bible, the Word of God. So build up yourselves on your most holy faith. I like the next phrase, praying in the Holy Ghost. He's saying it's going to take Bible knowledge, but it's going to take prayer. But not just lip service in prayer. You're going to have to spiritually get filled with God and pray. You're going to have to be spiritually in tune when you pray, not mechanical, not rep petitious, not just routine, not just like the Jews would in their day, not just like the apostate churches that have their books of prayer and cross themselves and throw their hand up in the air, not knowing what they say or why they're saying it, but you're going to have to get sincere, you're going to have to get spiritual, you're going to have to stay long and tarry maybe, but you're going to have to pray for the power of God, the leadership of God, the wisdom of God, you're going to have to pray, you're going to have to know your Bible. It's good advice for someone who wants to keep themselves from apostasy. Know your Bible and pray. In verse 21, he commands us, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. He said, keep yourselves in the love of God. Stay in love with the Lord. How do you do that? Keep looking for the rapture. Look for him, looking for his appearing. Wait on the Lord. Wait till he leads you. Wait till he speaks. Wait till he guides. But you look for the Lord and keep yourselves. Protect yourself. Defend yourself. Guard yourself. Fortify yourself. Regulate yourself. Govern yourself. Secure yourself. Be temperate in all things, but keep yourselves in the love of God. And of some have compassion, verse 22, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. What a great verse it is. A great verse for soul winning, a great verse about the impending damnation coming to the apostate. It's a, a Bible warning, a Bible command. We are to, uh, we are to have compassion. We're to have compassion, and compassion makes a difference. Love makes the difference. You've heard the illustration about a boy that would bypass churches as he'd walk several blocks, and he'd go to D.O. Moody's church on Sunday. He'd bypass many churches en route. One day the pastor of another church asked him, why do you pass our church and go to Moody's? He said, because I can tell they really love a fellow down there. 
Compassion makes a difference. Of some having compassion, you can have compassion, and it makes a difference. Others you save with fear. You're going to have to tell them, hey, the wages of sin is death. This is exactly what happens. But whether it takes compassion or fear, we want to make sure that they keep themselves out of that evil fate, that wicked fate, that horrible fate. Amen. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. We're to hate those, uh, those, uh, those things even touched by the world or touched by error or touched by apostasy. Verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. What I like about that is verse 21 said, keep yourselves. And verse 24 it says, he'll keep me. I'm glad God doesn't command me to do anything he doesn't enable me to do. Everything he asks, he provides. Everything he commands, he gives. Everything that he wants, he provides me the means to fulfill his will in my life. He said, I want you to keep yourself, and I'll keep you from falling. I'm able. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Thank God one of these days he can present us to the Lord without any spot, without any wrinkle. We can stand there uh, uh, sanctified, made right with God, justified because the blood of Jesus Christ. We can stand before him one of these days. He can guard us. He can keep us. He can secure us in our salvation. He can keep us from falling into sin and falling into error. And one of these days we'll stand there at the judgment seat of Christ and we can stand faultless before him. Thank God, God sees us that way in Jesus. Now he closes out his epistle to the only wise God. Wisdom doesn't come from the world. Wisdom doesn't come from a book. Wisdom doesn't come from a lecture. Wisdom doesn't come from a talk. Wisdom doesn't come from a seminar. Wisdom comes from God. He's the only wise. Only well of wisdom is God, the only wise God, our Savior. Be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. Jude is closing out this letter. It's a quick read. It's a short letter, 25 verses. But look how packed it is. And the theme, again, of Jude is contend for the faith. The reason we must contend for the faith is there's a crowd out there parading around in sheepskin that are wolves. And they're looking to put pollution, if you will, into the well of truth, muddy the water, and to lead those who hold the truth into error along with themselves. May God give us discernment. May God give us a Bible knowledge. May we pray with spiritual fervency that he might keep us from falling, and I'm glad he's able to. Well, we'll get into a new book next broadcast. You don't want to miss that. Until then, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.